You're listening to Podcast BXN, a video game podcast delivering player experience news. Let's go! Five, four, three, two, one, lift off! And welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 207. I am one of your hosts, not Daniel. I have the wrong document up. The perennial dating app swiper. Not no, uh, not anymore. I have to retire that now. Uh, just the guy from Portland, Oregon, uh, Christian Macias, and I'm joined over Discord by Kentucky's number one Spartan. That's not that's not true either. Daniel is, <laughs> Daniel's on a boat right now, freaking the fuck out. Uh, he's having a very nice time in Puerto Rico right now. Oye, mami. Oh, por favor, mami. Te quiero mucho, mami. Uh, Daniel is on vacation, but he will be back in two weeks. But until then, I am joined by the president of the Tifa Lockhart fan club. He is the Nintendo aficionado, your host last week, an artist extraordinaire at Roro. Hello, hello. This man has a TikTok now. Yeah, I do. I do. I, I just go on to post stuff. And I, I looked at my for you page for like two seconds. Like, no, I, I hate it here. I no, hate it here because because and you I don't left. have the right algorithm yet. But me and Gage can help. Me and Ga- I got some great Mario uh, videos to show you. And they're not Health what you think. Is a very interesting choice oh. of words. Yeah, they're not what you think. <laughs> they're not what you think. Okay. You should hopefully enjoy okay. them. The other voice, one half of the Men Engage podcast, Battlefield's bad boy, the Tarkov Teletubby himself, Mister. Uh, uh, Ooh, uh, Constellation Connoisseur, Gage Dempster. Ooh. Damn, you like caught that. me. You caught me. Out <laughs> here in the void. Got you wet? Yeah. Good to be here. Good to be here. On dry land. No less. On dry land. Folks, yeah, uh, I'm hosting uh, this week. Everything is native on my computer. I'm going to do my best to keep the ship up and running. And that's not a Starfield pun, but it can be. Uh, but until then... Thank you to everyone watching us live and participating in the chat. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. Just search Podcast PXN. You can also uh, catch us simultaneously streaming on twitch.tv slash podcast PXN. Housekeeping, none today. But thanks anyway. The topic of the show, though, this week is Starfield Launch Day. But first, the show always starts with the quick bites. Let's go ahead and jump right in. Oh, not many this week for us. Uh, I try to keep it a, a breezy show. That way we can just kind of just talk about games, you know? Also, there hasn't been like a huge amount of news. Um, but first, the PSP, not the one you're thinking of. The plate. Wow. Great, <laughs> great use of that one. On the soundboard, yeah. ready for it. Yeah. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, good job, bro. Uh, <laughs> not not the PSP you thought of from 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 our oh. youth, but the Sony's remote play handheld PlayStation Portal is getting a November release date. Again, just to reiterate, this thing is two hundred dollars and um, <laughs> not featuring a lot of uh, features that 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 we would like uh, on one of these things. But if you're interested in the PSP, the new one, uh, November. I am very curious to see how this thing fares come come fall. I I don't reckon it'll do very well. Much like PSVR 2, which is seemingly doing better than PSVR 1, but we, we don't really have like those numbers to back that up. But anyway, just hearsay at this point. Swag. Okay. I'm not getting that. Not much to say, right? <laughs> not much to say on this one. Yeah. Uh, this is exciting, though. Uh, we got some news on Final Fantasy 16. The PC version is coming soon. They're working on that. Uh, right? Is that right? Yeah. Before the end of the year, you'll you'll have Final Fantasy 16 on PC, which is huge. Uh, getting a first party PlayStation title. Well, I guess it's not first party, but you kind of treat it like first party. Uh, big PlayStation title coming to PC before the end of the year is is massive. Uh, and and even more huge is that we're, we've got news that there are two pieces of paid DLC coming to Final Fantasy 16, which is, is is massive. I should finish this game. I still haven't. I've been playing other stuff, but by the end of the year, I think I, I will have this game completed. Nice. I'm not going to pull yeah. a Daniel. <laughs> Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Disappointing. He hasn't beaten I'm that, excited. has he? I don't think so. No, he didn't. He didn't make it in time for Starfield. And he's definitely not going to beat it now that Starfield is here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully he gets back to it. But Final Fantasy 16, I, I, I still haven't played myself. I know, Christian, you said you had. But I'm definitely looking forward to giving it 
a shot when I get the chance. It, it looks like my like my jam for sure. You, you know, I, I was having a conversation with my friend when I went over to his house maybe about a week ago. And he finished it, and I'm about three quarters of the way through it. And so he wanted my thoughts first. And I'm, I'm realizing I'm not as high on this game as I thought I was. There's, I think... I think it doesn't fully commit to the things it wants to be doing. Uh, I think the 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 marker of Witcher may cry that you heard online a lot is it's mm. so far from either of them. It's it's. It, I wish it was more Witcher. I wish it was more Devil May Cry. It, it does not commit to either of them. It's very much in the right in the middle. It's still pretty good though. I I do enjoy it, but yeah. Anyway, Redfall. Remember this game? I didn't. I had completely forgotten about it. Uh, Xbox has not, though. It is not dead yet. Bethesda executive says that Redfall won't be abandoned and that it'll get <laughs> it'll get it to be a good game um, eventually, uh, which, I mean, says a lot that we're, we're hearing that about a game that's, that's already released. Like it, It'll eventually be good. Um, we'll need it to be good, I think, when it launched. But still, uh, if you're curious on Redfall, just just wait a couple more months when it's in a, in a better state, much like Cyberpunk, which is now like, a you know, people are itching for that one. Yeah. I go oh, gauge are muted, I think. You guys are? No, there he is. Oh my yeah. god. What is <laughs> that? <laughs> what was that? We're not hearing you. You sounded like a one of the chipmunks for a second, but it was for like two seconds. <laughs> no. Yeah. I think I think you gotta unplug the mic and plug it back in or something or like your your Discord thing is like lighting up as if you are talking, but we can't hear you for some reason. Um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, it it would be interesting to see if uh if they are. Oh, I think I hear you, Gage. No. Oh, am I back? There we oh, go. There we yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was weird. What were you gonna say about a uh, Redfall? Um. Just that, um, I don't think this is a couple months situation. From like, I uh, I think Dan and a couple buddies of ours, we all jumped in and played it, and I think Glenn was actually there to play it too. Um, and it's uh, it's a lot, it's a lot. Like, a lot it, it's gonna be one of those games that it's gonna be one of those things where it's gonna be a no man's sky situation. If it, if this game does get sure. good, I respect their wanting to. But this is going to be like we don't hear about it for like eight to twelve months, and then it comes back and it's got a complete overhaul because the game is is dull. It's not a lot to it. It's not great. Yeah, and, and I, I know. Please, go for please. It, okay, and I I know they said that they're not going to abandon it, and uh, but you saying that it's going to be an eight month thing. Do you think they actually stick with it? Like I agree. I think like it's going to take a lot more time than they may even think writing this post right now um and when they find out it will take a little bit longer to get it into the shape that they think are they going to commit to it for real like they say it but it's it's hard for me to imagine that they're not going to move on to the next thing because i don't know if players are even caring for it to get good like it's right. it, the the steam numbers aren't super high or anything so i'm not sure who they're making it good for right it's interesting like it's I think the whole No Man's Sky thing is a much more significant event in video game history than we think because it's like <clears throat> it kind of changes things like it is always possible now because No Man's Sky was dead before it came back with a huge update and started changing things right like it was nobody was talking about it mm -hmm. it was that scam game that everyone was expecting Hello Games to just move on to the next thing right so a game like um Oh my god, that was a power move to just, to just like just straight take I know. that swig. Holy shit! My throat is—I so, don't know why my throat is so dry today. I'm sorry. That's so um, aggressive. And <laughs> it was—I know. Um, so the problem with with—I um, was going to say Back for Blood, but that's not what it is. If we're talking about Redfall. The problem with Redfall is that it's not even like other games where it has one or two things it does really well, and then. Um, there's just one thing holding it back. Like it's everything. The engine feels really dated. It feels really janky. The story, the storyline wasn't super convincing. There's not a whole lot of things to encourage you. Like it's just one of those things where is it possible for this game to come back? Yes, but like there's not one or two things they need to fix. They need to either change or overhaul so many different things. It doesn't feel good to play. There's no incentive to play. Like the universe and the art style is great. It has that arcane charm to it. Absolutely. But like man, there's so many different things they're going to have to adjust. And I just don't see it being a small project. So like, 
I hope they're telling the truth. It could just be PR jargon to try and save face in the time of other Bethesda releases right now, like we'll talk about later. But mm-hmm. if they do sincerely want this, then they're, it's going to take resources. It's going to take a lot of resources. So I don't know. Yeah. I hope that they're being sincere, but it's definitely not a small feat and, from the game. And if they do have the resources, they could do it. I mean, No Man's Sky, we know, we know that game came back, but I mean, Cyberpunk is, is the other one that's like, you know, Phantom Liberty is the, is the huge overhaul. And uh, people are right. like very much like uh, looking forward to that one and, and even saying people that have played it like it, it, it's substantial and it, like changes the game. So, you know, right. who's to say Redfall can, can can as well. But yeah, it's, it's a big if you're right, Gage. Moving on. Yeah, because even Cyberpunk. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Moving on. Moving on. Oh, OK. Yeah. No, what, else, what else is there to say? What, we, yeah. <laughs> what else is there to say? What else really? is there to say? Come yeah. on. Shout out, podcast. Come on. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Well, they're quick bites. I was trying to. I was trying to move on. Sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. For, forgive me. Uh, Minecraft news on Minecraft. Minecraft has been rated for the Xbox Series X and S in the U.S., uh, which is huge because it's been years. I guess three, and we still don't have a, a, a new. Um, you know, a new version of this game. It's still uh, you know playing through backwards com- com- compatibility. It's the Xbox One version of that game so utilizing uh the series suite of consoles uh, for you know like minecraft this is only going to be uh a lot better uh by the way just, just running mods on minecraft is always like fantastic it's it, it, like those stuff you can get like to run in that game is very cool so i mean just even having this game run better is is is, is uh is exciting for me uh, hopefully uh, that would mean we get updates on the playstation side as well um obviously on pc it's okay sure but but still uh, one thing also to know is that I think Mojang, uh, and uh, I, for, I can't remember the specific detail I saw it on Twitter today. You only have, I think, today or tomorrow or the next, like oh, by the end of the week, I think, um, to transfer your account from like Mojang to the Xbox account. Otherwise, like, if you haven't played Minecraft in the past two years and would like to keep everything that you've done, um, you'll, you'll be losing it if you don't do that by the end of the week. Get on it. If you want to keep all your diamond armor, make sure that you link your accounts so you can bring that forward. My accounts are linked, baby. And my diamond is hard. The nice. Alone in the Dark reboot has slipped into 2024. Uh, this comes from a post from the Alone in the Dark Twitter, which I actually kind of enjoyed the, the candidness of, of the their tweet saying, horror, game th- horror games thrive on the eerie embrace of solitude, something that is impossible to achieve in a gaming month as busy as October and a thousand percent when you have like Spider-Man 2 and Alan Wake 2. Um, so to, to ensure that uh, on the dark fans have like a, their own kind of moment, they've pushed it to January 16, 2024, which I think is, is, is a good move from them because I think if they stayed, it would get eaten alive in October. Definitely. It sucks because Smart October is, is a spooky month and all, but yeah, definitely sure. a, a good a good move on business-wise mm-hmm. and for players, for sure. Yeah. Last quick bite uh, and some news on Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, I think it was, uh, yeah, uh, Aonuma uh, said that there are no plans for any kind of DLC to come into Tears of the Kingdom. Breath of the Wild had a story DLC. Uh, but Aonuma said that there, there's there's no plans for uh, Tears of the Kingdom to get one because everything that they wanted to to say and do in the game is already in the in the base game. So there's there's no need, which is great. It's very great. Agreed. Yeah, I'm I'm not too disappointed by this news. It means uh, they can get cooking on the next Zelda even faster. Um, not sure. that I'm rushing them, but uh, right. yeah, not not too not too. One way or the other about this. Tears of the Kingdom was was fantastic. They don't really need to yes. add anything to it if they don't want to. Remember crying during that game? Oh, that was, that yeah, was great. multiple times. That was good. That was good. <laughs> great. <laughs> oh, man. Ro, game. do you have a ranking of Zelda games? Oh, I I could give you my top three, I guess, which yes. would be pretty boring. Give me your top three, and then where does Tears of the Kingdom, you think, land in it somewhere? Tears of the and, Kingdom would be my number two now. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> I I haven't played all the Zelda okay. games. That's why I, I can't I can't uh I can't uh maybe give a definitive list like Ocarina of Time. I haven't beaten yet. I've started it, but I haven't beaten it. Um <laughs> what else is there? 
Twilight Princess I never played. But yeah. That sucks, so man. Those, yeah, those are some pretty big <laughs> ones that I'm missing out on. But uh, my, my top three is Wind Waker, Bre- uh, Tears of the Kingdom, Breath of the Wild, which, like I said, pretty boring. But from the games that I played, those are my favorites. Minish Cap is pretty close. Link yeah. Between Worlds is up there, sure. too. Yeah. I have Tears of the Kingdom at number four. I don't have an actual list, but mentally, yeah, number four with uh, oh, yeah, Ocarina, Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, and then, yeah, Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. See, I Fuck. think I need to play Ocarina of Time. <laughs> so good, dude. You want my cartridge? Right there. It's right, right, right underneath my right desk. Uh, I know you guys talked about Switch 2 last week, but it seems like we got another update um, this week. This comes from Austin John Plays. Re-Switch 2. Uh, Switch 2 dev kits have been out a while. A new cartridge, but backwards compatible. Com- uh, backwards compatible. Think DS and 3DS games. Uh, quote, uh, FF7R, which I think is is probably remake, not rebirth. I, yeah, I, I assume it's remake. Re- yeah. Uh, looks and runs like a PS5 game on, Sw- on a Switch 2 dev kit. Uh, the port took no time, I'm told. Could be a launch game. Not sure yet. If this if this leak is true, that is huge. One to have backwards compatibility because I was a little bit nervous on that. I you know we weren't sure on that a couple a little while ago, but to have like to have FF Seven remake run like a PS Five game, I think that's powerful enough to to for it to be the incremental change that I've been looking for in a Switch uh, and and wanting. So that that's exciting for me. I hope it's true. Yeah. I hope it's true too because if if third party games are running so well, I can only imagine how Nintendo's own games yep. are going to be looking and, and running on the console. So that that is super exciting. If again, if it is true, these are these are the street meat stuff. So these are rumors, but there's a lot of rumors coming out of the Switch too right now. So things are heating up. It looks like. And by the way, I very much enjoy listening that Gage has uh, bought another Switch. Yeah, Switch Lite. <laughs> sure, he's he's running a handheld. It's yeah. not going dock mode, right. uh, but still, yeah, very cool. But we got with this. Switch Two, I mean, if this is if this is you know, if this, I mean, this did might you get one? Get with it? Did you get one? Dock option. Absolutely, I would. If this is the specs, <laughs> if this is the performance, this is what I've been waiting for. I'm pretty sure I said this a couple weeks ago. Where yeah. I'm hoping that Nintendo was sort of sitting back, waiting to see where, where all the other cars land, and then come out swinging with Switch Two. Yeah. And this is true. That's what it looks like. Here's what you do if, if I'm Nintendo. Stop all production on Metroid right now and start over again. But with the new, yeah. <laughs> but with the new hardware, <laughs> with the new hardware, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Maybe they did that <laughs> third reboot. Maybe they did. Could you? Ah, only time will tell. Only time will tell. We got two items in news of the week. Uh, some sad news, and then of course some details on on the direct that happened last week. We'll start with the sad news uh, first. Uh, Embracer has closed Volition. This is the uh, developers of a lot of games, but most recently of the of the new. Uh, I think it was the Saints Row reboot. I think it was considered a, a reboot, but a new a new spin on the franchise, yeah, yeah. if you will. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I, I think this is very. I think the whole industry was kind of um, mourning this loss because in a, in another world where Embracer you know, didn't buy uh, or didn't acquire Volition, I should say. I don't think this studio would have closed over like mixed reviews. Mix it, maybe it was leaning a bit in in bad, but it was overall kind of mixed. And you know th- there was very much uh, gas in the tank for them to keep going and and to and to improve and to move on to like some another project, maybe another Saints Row, but to improve on what they maybe they, they didn't do quite as well before. But in this new world yeah. where Embracer has like honestly just bought and acquired way too many things and you know spent all this money. Nothing to do except for cl- closing them down, which is extremely depressing for us to, uh, for the industry. I think this is the problem when you have a publisher. We'll call them a publisher. Um, when you have so many studios that it's almost the equivalent of like working at a large factory, where like these studios are just like even though these studios may have tens or hundreds of employees, these studios are just like lists on a paper to these guys. So when it doesn't perform well, it's just like like you said, it's just there's no other option to cut it. And I think. I think the reason why, like, the Volition isn't necessarily, like, a critically lauded sort of uh, studio or anything, but I think, at least for me, kind of the shock from this is, like, it didn't feel like the Saints Row reboot was an all-chips 
on the table kind of situation for them. Like I remember before it was announced that they were doing that, people were kind of like, oh, I wonder what they're going to do next. Like it seemed mm-hmm. like they were one of those studios that wasn't necessarily on the chopping block. Like they could have easily done a, a next uh, Red Faction game, which is the franchise that I especially love from them. Um, so like for this to kind of happen in this way, it's like, wow, you would have you would have thought that they made three or four bad games in a row and it was all bets on this. But the last game they made before this, like, I mean, the Saints Row games had their own little niche. They didn't review horribly at all. They kind of were happy in their high 70s. And before that, the last Red Faction Guerrilla game reviewed well and was fun. Like, I don't know. It just kind of seemed a bit shocking to me where it is like, oh, is this the reality of working for one of these mega publishers is that now when your studio, it is just kind of, you know, metrics. And it's like, if you don't hit this, then you're gone. Because that's what it seems like, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. It And like what you're mentioning with Saints Row and their past works, it's like their track record means nothing. I know they're not like, 80s and 90s over there but they're making decent enough games and like you said they had a niche and an audience that enjoyed playing those games i know like emmett really likes emmett walken jr like a video game guy on twitter really likes things really like he loves that that franchise for some reason i haven't played them but he really likes them and i'm sure there's many other people like him who are probably distraught by this but like i can't imagine like ea owns bioware and anthem I loved it, but it sucked and it reviewed horribly and all that stuff. And Mass Effect Andromeda didn't do super well either. I can't imagine then EA just like all the games you made before Mass Effect one through three fantastic games, but I don't give a fuck because you must mess up the last two times. We're shutting you down. So you don't get you don't get Mass Effect four. You don't get Dragon Age four just because these two last games weren't super good. Instead of investing in the talent that you bought and see how they do in the future, at least give them a little bit more. I understand that you're trying to make money. But like you invested in them in the first place, may as well see it through a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I understand that they uh, like a big deal fell out with them earlier this year, so maybe they're trying to save money that way. But it's just it's just really sad to see that they're I using think. the companies that they bought as <laughs> to to recoup the cost of their bad business decisions. So yeah, keep it Absolutely. keeping it real. Like the video games industry is like. Is massive. We've talked about this, how like it, it makes as much money as almost as much as like the movie industry. Like it, it is it gaming as a hobby is, is huge, dude. Um, but it still feels like the industry as a whole is, is in a very weird place where like journalists are, you know, having to fight for their jobs to, you know, against AI or like, you know, they're constantly downsized. Critics are, you know, um, sometimes people in the comments being like, you're too critical of this or, you know, some critics are, are now like people are on Twitter being like criticism is kind of dead. It's more so just like influencers, you know, what have you discourse there, but yeah, but it is very much the studios and the developers that that seems like are are still very much suffering as well, where it's very, it's very hard to survive as any kind of studio case in point, even, even bigger stuff like volitions. It's a little nerve wracking. Yeah. Very scary. And this is what Ro wants to do. He wants to be an artist, you know, (laughs) same thing in the art world. Baby. <laughs> oh my God. Crazy. Crazy. Speaking of crazy, we do have some crazy fun news for you. Last week, day after the show, uh, Nintendo put out a direct on uh, Super Mario Bros. Wonder. Uh, and I checked this out at work. I didn't watch the whole direct, but I kind of skimmed around. And I'll be reading from the IGN article. They gave a pretty great re- breakdown. Uh, we are no longer in the Mushroom Kingdom. We are traveling into the Flower Kingdom, uh, and I think this makes for an exciting, like, first, just the change in location, still, still similar, right? Uh, but it allows for a lot more fun with things like, um, enemies and locations and worlds. Uh, very exciting. We have eight playable characters, Mario, Luigi, Peach, Daisy, two Toads, um, that's six, right? Uh, who, who did I miss? Yoshi and Nabbit. Uh, and then Yoshi and Nabbit, those two characters, uh, they function a little bit differently. They can, they have a little like flutter jump, but they also take no damage, um, right? I think it's no damage. Yeah, they can't yeah. take damage. Yeah, you can still die if you fall off the map, but they take no damage. Yeah, I'm gonna stop there. So the, far, the other characters besides Nabbit and Yoshi, they all control the same. Like I know Peach usually has her like, I guess what Nabbit has with his floaty fall like i'm not sure if she has yeah. i don't think she yeah. does but where she like puffs out her dress and she could float down making it a little bit easier to react when platforming mm-hmm. but i don't think she has that in this game i think like they all just play the same which i think is awesome you could just 
pick any character you like without you're picking Daisy, huh? Picking Daisy, and yeah. I won't be called. I won't be called uh, like, Freak. oh, you're playing the baby, the pay, the baby version because she's an easier character to play. I just like Daisy, right. so I get to play play as her. I think that's great, and I think it's great that the options are there for people who need the assistance as well through Nabbit and uh, and Yoshi. Yeah. Yeah. Some more details here in the game before the, the, I'm saving the like the most interesting details for last. And there's been jokes that this game has been called um, like a strand game because it very much is a strand <laughs> game, which is funny, but also very much like Dark Souls influenced, which is also funny, but also true. Uh, but first, the power ups There's a new, the, a new location means that we also have new power ups, stuff like the elephant Mario, right? So you, you can, the characters transform into into elephants. You can use the the trunk to like shoot water, I think, and like you can do stuff with the with the trunk of it, like lift enemies. Uh, what else is there? The bubble power and the drill power up. I know you can with the drill you can go underground, uh, underneath enemies, but also reach different locations to like if something is like an, in a otherwise place you can't reach, you can just use the drill and get under there. Also on the ceiling, I don't remember the bubble power up. Ro, you remember? I don't remember, actually. I'm sorry. Let the me... bubble form lets players blow bubbles that can be used to capture and defeat enemies or jumped on to reach new areas while the drill protects players from tougher enemies. There you have it. And I think there's more stuff that they just haven't, maybe haven't said. because they, they, didn't, they didn't reveal all the worlds either. They want to keep a lot of the stuff a surprise, which, yeah. I'm doing this game a disservice by just describing it in the most boring way because you have to see how, like, wonderful... Uh, and wacky a lot of these visuals are like if you enjoyed Yoshi's Island the like touch woozy get touch fuzzy get woozy kind of levels <laughs> this very much feels like um, like a spiritual successor to, the, to those kinds of levels where you get there, there's that one flower the wonder flower which changes the like gameplay entirely and if you have to like beat us the section a certain amount of time to to acquire the wonder flower and you unlock the more wonder flowers you unlock you can you can buy different levels uh, in the map yeah <laughs> yeah i i love the collectathon stuff absolutely but the biggest feature here is that you can get badges you can buy badges you can earn them in game and it's like a perk system so you can have something where you uh i think what was one of them you can use like a little grapple hook was one of them one where uh, you can safety safety bounce, so you can, if you're like having trouble on a lava map, you turn this badge on, and you can jump on the lava, and you don't have to worry about that. Um, magnets pull coins towards you. Jet run adds endless speed. There are like a dozens, well, it look like a more than a dozen different badges. The only catch is you can only uh, wear one at a time, so you choose carefully, and that'll change how you approach the level. Very cool. It's like um, like Mario is like one of my destiny guns. It's like add the the perk that I want. <laughs> enough, enough. I was having such a great time without thinking of destiny. And here we are. I brought up the game that shall not be named. But uh, one thing this IGN article doesn't doesn't talk about is that there there are online features. Um, there's local there's local gameplay, but the online features are interesting because you can see in real time players that are playing the same level as you are they look like little ghosts you can see their names are walking around and you can leave a little stand uh which is like a little what do you call it like a cutout version of of something it could be your character it could be someone else and then other characters can inter interact with it so you can leave a power up for someone if, if you need to and that is very much like death stranding influenced like absolutely yeah. i'm engaged played like an hour and a half of that game and then said i'm doing something else <laughs> I don't think Ro has played it. Very true. I have played it. Yeah. I played it. I, I haven't beaten it. I got pretty deep sure. into it, but I never sure. I never beaten it. But yeah, I, I yeah, I could see the influence for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think it's cool. I, I wish I could play just play the levels with people, but I think this is a I think this is a cool uh feature if you if you yeah. aren't gonna do the thing that I want. But yeah, <laughs> it does look cool. I'm a little bit worried of how like how much was happening on screen during this? Like when it, when I saw all the characters playing at the same time, I got a little bit nervous because mm -hmm. it, it looked like a lot. So I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna turn online features off." But the stand thing might be kind of useful for various situations. So we'll we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I'm excited for the I, I, this direct made me officially excited for this game. This looks like just the amount of fun I want to end my year on. I won't pick it up on launch day, I think, 
But once I finish all the games that I want to catch up on, like Alan Wake 2, Spider-Man, what have you, I think somewhere like in the, you know, late November, early December, start playing this game and just close out my year with some fun. I think that that's going to be great. Hell yeah. In that same direct, we got news on a brand new Switch OLED console. Uh, it is red, red, like Super Mario red. <laughs> Uh, and on the back, it has like some coins uh, in the actual dock itself. It, it looks great. I don't think there's been a red OLED yet. I think there's just the white OLED was the only version that you had. No, I think the Tears of the Kingdom one was also OLED. They so. they have a red. I'm trying to see if it's a Switch or if it's an OLED. That was the it original is. one. That one that for Mario. That was a different Mario. Yes. Yeah. It was for Odyssey. I don't remember maybe. what Mario. Probably. And it had the blue Joy-Con. It had the red Joy-Cons, but the blue Joy-Con grip freaking holder grip. Yes. Yeah. I'm trying to see what game it's for, but and I, I don't think it is an OLED. So yeah, you're right. It is the first red right. OLED. And yeah, it is. Uh, I like it. I like it a lot. It's a really nice shit. Like yeah. as somebody <laughs> who doesn't like the color red at all when it comes to like accessories, like I'm all team blue. Like this is for whatever reason I'm looking at this. This is like a really like alluring shade of red. Like I don't know. This is looks great. It's kind of nice, right? And uh, they left the it's black really in there nice. too, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Uh, last bit of news on, on Mario Wonder is that Nintendo still hasn't announced who is voicing Mario. They they said that they you know they're gonna leave that for when players get to the credits and then they'll know. Uh, which led to another article for, uh, about Charles Martinet, who used to be the, the voice of Mario, again, no longer doing that, and he is the Mario ambassador, but he, the article says he doesn't know what the Mario ambassador role means at all. Um, which is, uh, I, I again, I, there's still uncertainty whether or not he, like, actually chose to retire or not. Um, who knows? That's, I'll be, that's I hope he figures weird. out his new role and does cool stuff, though, because <laughs> yeah. he, he loves that character. You know? Yeah, I think it was you guys here who were who were saying that maybe the role entails like him going to conventions or Probably. showing up on behalf as a character or something like that. Yeah. But when I first heard about it myself, I was like, "What is what does that mean? <laughs> what sure. does that mean?" But I, I I think what you guys said makes a lot of sense. Where he shows up as like, "I'm Mario." Wahoo! Wahoo! Okay, let's move on over into our fantasy draft check-in for the week. We got two pickups this week. I know I was one. Someone else was one. I think it was Roe. Let's find out. September 2nd, the pickups went through. The Lockhearts, that's Roe's team, acquired Wizard with a gun for a bid of $4. Congratulations. You got it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that means I think, you have, I think you have one spot left to fill out I the just, entire... So you have two. Two. Two more plus I have to do one a counter pick. Yes, I have to do a counter pick as well, and and I've been thinking about this for months, and I still don't have one because <laughs> everyone picked good games. Everyone picked yep. good games, and I picked up a game as well. That was Jusant. It was a bit of four dollars, and that went through. Jusant is the um, the don't nod game where you're climbing. It's a yeah, just a chill out uh, rock climbing game that it's physics based. It looks really cool. That comes out uh, October 31st. I think it's also on Game Pass. The art style is incredible. So I'm hoping this thing... I'm hoping this thing has good reviews for for my fantasy critic, but I'm also hoping it has good reviews because I, I really want to play it. And then, yeah. of course, Starfield released. Open Critic is currently at an 88, giving Gage a whopping 18 points for Florida Man Publishing. Dan made the joke like, oh, maybe this will bring you into the positive. <laughs> Wait. Uh, yeah, and now Gage is at 28. Feels, maybe, feels good. Yeah, maybe next year, buddy. <laughs> By the way, uh, do we, okay, I was going to say, do we want to get into the Starfield review discourse now? But we'll, I mean, the whole topic of the show is Starfield. We'll just get there when we get there. Yeah. Before topic of the show, I want to know what you got for me. If you're playing Starfield, don't tell me. Uh, don't tell me at this point. You can we can talk about it in in tots. But Ro, nothing. I don't even know what a video game is at this point. I think I've forgotten what they Insane. are and their purpose. I I need I need I need to play something to remind me soon, soon before I forget. But yeah, nothing. 
So then I'll go. I'm guessing. Okay. Because I'm assuming Gages has only been playing Starfield and nothing else. Um, aside from Pokemon Shield, which I am still chipping away at. Nice. Um, yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty much okay. where we're at. Well, I have not been playing Starfield because I have two games in my current rotation. One is still Armored Core Six. Uh, I am near the end of the first playthrough because um, there are different endings. Uh, we'll see if I get a, if I get a, another one, but I'm near the end, and I've I went through the arena and I cleared all all of it. Uh, I am now the like S rank uh, mech pilot of Armored Core. There's I beat everyone. Um, so now I just, you know, I, I just was fiddling around in my garage, listening to the cool music and, and making new little builds, trying stuff out. And I think I, I think I have a build that's pretty much my go to for most of the missions now with small alterations on my shoulders. But yeah, I'm I'm near the end of that game. It's still it's still what the fuck is this man doing? He's ruining the ruining the layout. What? Hello? What? <laughs> Hello? Here, if I do is this. Okay? Nope. That's that's not gonna work. We're taking on water. Hello? 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 We're here. We're here. Hello. Hello. That's the ocean. Dan, don't jump over. Hello. Don't jump over the <laughs> don't edge. Do don't do it. Don't do it. Don't go over. Wow. Oh. I'm making my cameo appearance, guys. There oh, he I is. hope everything's good. How was Puerto Rico, mommy? It was good. Very, very good. Got a, a lot of shops in. Went to the fort, the old fort. That was cool. <laughs> do you miss? So, do you miss games yet? Yes, I want to play Starfield. <laughs> I know you guys are probably gonna talk. <laughs> Incredible. But, all right. Yeah, I literally sprinted down here because we're about to go to a show here in about fifteen minutes. But I'm like, I know the guys are on. I'm gonna jump on. Yeah. I literally sprinted down to my cabin so I didn't look like a madman. <laughs> walking through everyone but yeah right so <laughs> what right. show are you going to well, see you guys uh we're going to see a comedy show so oh, some nice. random dude <laughs> yeah. got it <laughs> have fun have fun it'll be fun though yeah yeah all right drink a cocktail well, see you okay yes yeah and also smile at the girl, like like yeah. they suggested yeah smile at a cute girl yeah or three it'll be a It'll be a fruit for a drink if I get one. That's fine. So. Who cares? Get a Long Island. You'll like it. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, enjoy, boys. Bye-bye. Bye. You're telling him to get a Long Island? Yeah. He's going to get trash at the comedy show, dude. You'll <laughs> <laughs> have a great time. <laughs> All right, all right. <laughs> the community is going to make a joke. You're going to hear from the back. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, incredible. All right, well, before we get to the topic of the show, the other game I've been playing is Overwatch, too. Um, shame. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. But when, when the girlfriend says, let's play together, you listen. You say yes, absolutely. You say, you say yes. And uh, it turns out I'm not bad at the game. I, I get played the game a lot. Game. I'm getting a lot of play it. of the games. Yeah. I'm getting more eliminations than the tanks in the games. Like, it's that motivation, man. I don't know what's going on, right, dude? Yeah. I told her like I feel like if I play better, the more you'll love me, which is not conditional, right. but still, it feels that way. Yeah. Right. Don't want to disappoint. Is is, is Ash your your main? Ash is my main, and then Cassidy is my backup. Uh, that's the. Oh, okay. It's high like, noon. That? That's okay, high yeah, noon. Yeah. I forgot. Uh, I hate that I. <laughs> I hate the person I've become, but I'm not gonna lie. I have a lot of fun playing the game with. I don't know if I'd, if I'd enjoy playing by myself, but playing with someone is is pretty fun. Okay. Nervous. Top this. Show it to me. Turn around. <laughs> what? <laughs> Let's go into topic of the show. Starfield launch day that actually happened earlier this week or last week with early access. However, today is the official launch. If you've been waiting to play it, pick it up on Game Pass or retail. Uh, that is that's today. Retail and not the early access copy. That is, that is today. Uh, a review roundup? Obviously, great scores. You saw the open critic that was uh, at an 88. Some major outlets were a little bit lower, uh, but a lot of them were still very much high, obviously. Uh, from Shinobi, you got a review roundup. Destructoid was a 10. Silicon Era 9. 
Press Start, Shack News, Video Gamer, All Nines. Game Informer, a bit low. That was an 8.5. Daniel Prindle had issues with Daniel Stapleton from IGN for giving uh, the game a 7. Um, what? There, there's lore reasons there. I think that was because of the Prey uh, debacle. GameSpot, right. PC Games, N, uh, all 7s as well. Paste Magazine was a 5, but I think it's a 5 out of 5. I think. I'm not sure. Nope, I think it's a 5 out of 10. Because VGC gave it a 5 out of 5. VG247, 4 to 5. Comic Book, 4.5 out of 5. Digital Trends, 3.5. PC Gamer, 75. Uh, I also have some quotes here. But you know what? I'm going to skip the quotes because I, I kind of want to know Gage's thoughts. But I want to give you some more details because there's some massive stuff here. Concurrent players hitting over 230,000 concurrent players in its first two hours on Steam. Like, this game, this game is huge. Uh, further, some, some more details here on, on another tweet that I pasted. 230,000 peak concurrent players, we just said this. Uh, fourth biggest launch of the year, passing Armored Core 6 and Resident Evil 4. Twitch viewers with a 500k thousand, sorry, 500,000 plus peak on Twitch. A lot of people are watching this game and streaming it as well. Uh, and then it's a top seller on Steam worldwide. And this was all during early access. The game hadn't actually come out yet. Absolutely huge. Before we get into any other stuff that I've pasted in here, I want to know uh, Gage's thoughts on Starfield, how many hours you're in. No spoilers, but just your, your impressions thus far. Uh oh, nope. You gotta unplug your mic and come back in. <laughs> Dude, that really sounded so like a chipmunk. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll, wait. we'll wait for you. We'll wait for you. Hello. I wonder, am I back? Yes. Yes, you Actually? are. Actually? Actually. Okay. Actually. Um, okay, it feels like whenever I come back, there's a delay based on what you, when you guys are responding to me. But, anyways. Bethesda's back, baby. Bethesda's back. This is the thing. Like, it's 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 weird because it kind of feels like there's a bit of like a this is kind of like unexpected, I guess. But Bethesda, I mean, the last game from them was uh, Fallout Four, I think, right? Fallout seventy six wasn't Todd Howard's team, so I mean, this is the next big event from Bethesda, and it feels it feels really good to get back. I'm about thirty hours in. Um, I will say the game definitely has a slow start. My first couple of sessions playing it, I played for like maybe 40 minutes at a time and was like, nah, that's that's enough for me. And just kind of hoping that I would sort of catch along. But mm -hmm. there are other games that I've played like that. The Witcher 3 famously is one of those games that I had. It took me like a few years to, to, to actually get into it. I'd play it for a few hours at a time and not as really crazy. It. And eventually. Yeah, yeah, no. And then like I uninstall it six months later, I'll give it another try. And then eventually it kind of caught. But. Uh, this game doesn't have nearly that much of an issue, I think, just because of the barrier to entry is a bit low. It's very familiar, um, and it, it's just it's it. We make jokes with Call of Duty all the time. This is the most like this is very clearly immediately the most advanced Bethesda title they've ever made, and it feels mm -hmm. like if you're using the unofficial sort of um, a uh, if you kind of look at them all, all their franchises as installments in one big sort of thing this feels like a worthy sequel to the games we've gotten from them before and it's it is it's impressive it is very impressive for what a bethesda game is so i'm a little bit nervous i'm waiting to finish armored core before i actually download starfield but i'm assuming by the end of the weekend i'll be i'll be downloading it and it i'm a little bit nervous because i don't have history with bethesda games uh, I've I've played right. Skyrim for a couple hours. I think I get, I actually sink more time into uh, Oblivion. I think that's yeah right. That's one before Skyrim. And, and neither of them clicked with me because I I, I was enjoying different RPGs. Um, and and then the you know later on like actually sinking more time into it, I got really into The Witcher. That's the one that like I think really got me into RPGs moving forward. So I haven't picked up a you know I haven't gone back to try Oblivion again or Skyrim again. This, this I would consider. Starfield, probably my first proper experience with like extended Bethesda time. And so, you know, Dan says like Fallout in Space sounds like amazing to me, but I, I never touched those games either. So I'm a little bit worried because the people that I trust a, a lot online are being like, it feels a little bit like an older era of gaming. 
but it seems like from what I'm getting from you is like, no, this is video games doing video game stuff. And, and like they're leaning into it. And like, that's like, that's a pro for you, you know? Right. And I, well, not even that, but I think, I think maybe we can touch on this a bit more in detail when we get into the uh, review discourse. But I feel like, I don't think it's a part of some big conspiracy or, or even that it's intentional, but I think that we have, I think people are looking at Starfield unfairly not in the sense that it's an xbox game or because it's from bethesda but because we kind of forget that each game like when you look at games like armored core and like it, all these crazy fluid animations it's it's focused in what it does but it doesn't do a lot of other things outside of that right and it's like bethesda games they've it's not that they can't do it or that the game is dated or that the game has a negative mm. it's like bethesda chooses to have a level of interactivity in their games and that's just what they've decided no matter what franchise they do because this is now continued with starfield after being able to play it they just like they're they're rpgs these are big sprawling w like western rpgs that play like immersive sims you can interact with every object in the game that is a design decision they could very clearly change engines right that wouldn't that wouldn't be a huge thing for them if they wanted to do something like the witcher where no matter what loot drops on the ground it's in a burlap sack and all the set and you know what i mean like they decide to do certain things at the cost of other things. We all know, if you know how video games work, we all know why The Last of Us looks the way it does. Is because it's an extremely linear game. Now, obviously, there's extreme talent there as well, but we're only showing you exactly what we want to show you, and everything you see is absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> Bethesda's de- design philosophy is the opposite of that. You can play with anything in here you see. If you want to grab that pencil off of that desk, not only does it have a name and an inventory code and a weight and a value, you can also pick it up and move it and throw it at an NPC if you want. And then the NPC will say something like, stop dropping things, what are you doing? Like Bethesda, I don't know. We'll we'll get into that. But I think this is an advanced video game because of knowing the design philosophy and what they want to do with it. Yeah, a big thing I've seen on Twitter is like the object permanence kind of like the game remembering, uh, you know where things are placed right. in universe which is still like hard to wrap my my head around it's imp- very impressive but the, for some reason the thing that i i gravitate towards i was like oh look how impressive this is is the way the onions look in this game they, i saw a picture of onions like damn those onions look fucking great that's nice yeah, so those are like really nice onions um, did you see right. the uh the, the this the player that hoarded all those potatoes in his ship and he opened the door and all the potatoes oh, poured out and it was like yeah. so but, but even the way because yeah. like as the door cuts through the potato like you would think that that was a pre like somebody sat down and animated that yeah. sequence for like but like like that's what i'm talking about like these are just design decisions and you could maybe not like them but and even getting back to what what you guys were saying there just with the onions and stuff like that as someone who's played the game there's a lot of food items in this game that come in a can but then you can also find that same object with the same stats the open version and it's like on a tray like it's just they've decided to do a lot of immersive things and like it's very interesting the thing that i'm actually most curious about the thing that like really was like i need to i need to check this game out was gene park uh and and gene park talked about the main quest and there's been a lot of africa was it randy pitchford maybe that that said this someone said from the bethesda team that like you want to focus on the main quest because new game plus recontextualizes what you do in your main quest and obviously not everyone operates that way a lot of people like to take their time they like to do side quest stuff first uh and then after this came out it seemed like more people were like trying to just like listen to that advice and rush through the main quest focus on the main quest and it seems like there's a better experience because of this gene park said that i rushed the main quest in 20 hours explored everything else after the post game is something i haven't seen in any game it's the most interesting ending since near automata uh yes i just made that comparison and that means something to me because near automata the way you that the game handles its endings it's one of the most impressive things i've ever seen in in games so seeing gene park that is not a light comparison to make and hearing this makes me want to like immediately know how that game changes after whether or not the main, like the main quest, like right. obviously not every every quest is going to be like S tier. Like some missions are going to be paced slower. Not every quest is going to be like hitting for me. But it seems like there's still a lot of very cool missions, both in side quests and in main quest content that I'm going to enjoy the bulk of the ride probably. So I think hearing this comparison, like it, I think I, I want to dive into this game hopefully as soon as possible. Yeah. 
I, I, I think they, they deserve a lot of credit for what they have here. Um, a big thing with this too is that the planets, uh, the places that you do have to go, um, the, the one thing I'm noticing that's jumping out at me is that there's not a whole lot of reused assets, which is a, a big thing in previous Bethesda games. You have your Elder Scrolls, which are your medieval games, so you can have a lot of similar looking structures and similar and lots of open fields, uh, even games that are gorgeous have this benefit to them like the witcher 3 the witcher 3 is a medieval game there's lots of open fields lots of forest you can kind of hide a lot of tricks and stuff like that um but with starfield with all these i mean you're going to places that anywhere that has a, a place for your ship to dock is man-made and it would be really easy to kind of do the fallout thing or do what a lot of other games do which is just have everything look kind of similar but from what i've noticed on the especially through the main quest and the places you're going and even some of the side quests i'm doing now is that I'm not seeing a lot of duplicates. I'm seeing a lot of very detailed places uh, that are just scattered about. And it's it's really impressive from from them. And it feels like, again, for for what Bethesda is, I mean, if you're expecting the French uh, studios to, to keep evolving and not just suddenly be able to do everything great all of a sudden, um, even though there's no history of that happening for any studio ever, like this is just a huge leap forward in every way and so mm -hmm. environments and cultures and going to different places it feels lived in it may not be super in-depth with every character you talk to but the atmosphere they're definitely spending a lot of time in making this a universe that feels lived in you may not be able to do everything seamlessly and there may be some issues there that we'll get into but um it does feel like a universe that has been colonized by humans and that mm. is very very immersive I have two more questions for you. One, what are you playing on? Console or PC? I am playing on Series X. Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm going to assume just that that runs great. You know. It runs at a stable, mostly stable 30. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Todd Todd said that they, that they were... Um, uh, yeah, we're gonna, we'll get into it with the PR stuff. But he's definitely said that they uh, were in the mid forties and they decide to go to 30 and not try for six. It's not a stable 30. There's definitely hitches here and there. Nothing game breaking, even a little bit, nothing that okay. even pulls me out of it. Uh, because again, it's not a, it's not call of duty. It's a RPG with lots sure. of backend systems yeah. that just happens to have shooting in it. Right. So for what that is, the shooting feels great and the combat feels good. But yeah, when there's tons of enemies flying at you and you're throwing grenades and stuff, you do get some hitches here and there, but um, most of the time I'm not even noticing the performance hitches. My biggest question here: What are the what are the vibes like? Are, are the vibes like what you hope for? Like, is it everything we talked about in this podcast, where it's like very much like I want to sit down and lose myself in like this kind of space exploration and just kind of exist as another person and just kind of be that explorer? Like, did did they fulfill that promise and our kind of our hopes for that game? Are you feeling that way? You know what's funny? It's 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 really interesting that you bring it up because I was thinking about this and I was thinking about how I was going to describe it to you specifically in that. If you haven't played previous Bethesda games, I don't know that this will I don't know that this will do it for you because you won't have mm. the thing to compare it to. But the themes of the story and especially the writing for the main quest, even though there is combat and unavoidable combat, it does kind of have this weird kind of uplifting messaging themes like interstellar light where for a Bethesda RPG, and it's interesting because the tone is serious. The universe takes itself serious. It's it, there's it's not like Fallout where it's semi parody, semi satire, um, but it's not dark. It's not like it's not sort of mm -hmm. like you know overbearing or dark or kind of like it's 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 got this. It does feel like exploration was what they went into this thinking about, and the main quest line does kind of have that. It does feel like Indiana Jones in space rather than bringing law and order to space, if that if that oh. is a way to kind of put it. I definitely did feel that. So if you think about Indiana Jones, you don't think of him as a killer. He fights like he's kind of like Nathan Drake. He fights. He yeah. does kill a lot of people. <laughs> he does kill people. But that's never the number one goal. And it's interesting because that is what the main story of this game feels like, which is in sharp contrast to being the dragonborn who's here to slay dragons and anyone who follows them or the savior of the wasteland who's here to kill mutants and kick in front doors like it does and it might be again it might be lost on you because you don't have that comparison to make but compared to other bethesda mm. games it feels more about answering questions and what is the unknown and what is out there and you just happen to run okay well there's pirates here at this place that you need to explore you take care like of the Christian pirates and then that sounds like great yeah that sounds great <laughs> to me yeah 
Yeah, again, it might not hook you right away, but I think that this, I think you would like what yeah. you what's I mean, here, especially uh, after the 10 hour mark. The 10 hour mark specifically is when there's a there's a set piece sort of Bethesda's version of a set piece moment and it's a mission, I should say, and it really catches you. And before you realize yeah. it, that's shortly after the 10 hour mark is when I had my first eight hour like stretch of just playing nonstop and like looking at the time and being like, oh, it's four hours from when I last checked the time. Whoops. This sounds I don't want to stop. Yeah, this this all sounds great to me. And the, and the current discourse that I kind of like mentioned earlier is, and you mentioned it too, is like kind of disparity between like Todd I said about the game, which is versus what you can actually do, which I personally, I think I don't have a problem with. Like I know Alana Pierce like streamed herself flying in real time from somewhere to like Pluto to see if you could like land on it. She fell asleep right. and then woke up and then like you, you know, it's like it's there but it's like not rendered and she like flew right through it uh there's like boundary discourse where like you you know you can walk for a really long time and you guys you guys talked about it last week um right uh i, yeah. I won't i won't rehash that for me personally those things don't like really matter to me as like as long as i'm engaging with the systems of the games laid out for me like that's what i would judge the game on and like what i'll be kind of enjoying or not enjoying about the game i'm not going to try to test right. like these like random arbitrary limits of like can i walk the whole entire surface of the moon or whatever like i'm okay sure. I, I i don't need to do that um the only thing that worries me is like a very a very small thing like the map i heard people are kind of saying it's like a, a bad map or bad inventory system or what have you <laughs> being like but these are very fixable things that you, you can do um yes yeah uh, and well and this is and this is the thing it's like i i on this podcast, I have said, and I stand by it, when you release a game, you should be judged on how the game is now. So I absolutely think that Starfield is definitely not flawless. The inventory screen is a nightmare to use. Um, but I think a more interesting and kind of complex problem to talk about is it's everything on the PR side because in the competition of, or in the perceived competition of things like No Man's Sky, this is a totally different game. Um, they kind of were stuck in this way of how do we describe this that makes it feel yeah all right um how do we how do we make this feel like it competes with these other games and and the truth is it doesn't right like mm. i'm playing this game and i think these low scores have to again maybe it does come to pr but like i'm playing this game and i'm playing it like i've played other bethesda games and it's just better in every way from those old bethesda games so i'm not I didn't go into this thinking I was going to fly from starship to starship. I don't. I get my quest. I wander around. I fast travel to the next thing I'm going to do. I did it in Skyrim. I did it in Fallout. And I think most Bethesda players do that because we didn't touch on this in uh, Quick Bites or anything or when we were talking about Metacritics. It is now up on Steam. And with 19,000 reviews, it is at an average of 9 out of 10. So nice. the steam is known for being pretty harsh on the ratings right people are enjoying yes. this game because they know what it is so when you have pete hines coming on saying like yeah you can you can walk across the whole planet you know i've, I've played it and you can do that it's like when it's not actually true you, you've given people a ammunition to sort of come at you and say that it's not what was sold but the problem is is that that should never have been talked about in the first place because you're not you're not really wanting to do that because the strength mm. of a Bethesda game, the well-written dialogue, the interesting side quests, like you're wanting to do that stuff anyways. I've never even thought of like walking across a planet, right? Right. And the other problem is that the planets aren't consistent. So it works in chunk-based seeds. So there's a video going around and again, you're just giving people ammunition. It should have been explained or maybe you shouldn't have just told people that you right. can even do these things. But uh, somebody landed, he saw a mountain range, he backed out to the main map, he hit the, he hit the barrier and then moved his cursor a little bit up, landed, and what you get is you get another completely random chunk. So there's no sort of continuous designed planet, if you will, right? The sure. mountain ranges were suddenly gone. It was just the same biome, kind of stuff like that. Um, and then the way the game works from my experience playing it is that any sort of pre-designed areas, those chunks are set in stone, and you can come back to them, and it'll be the same. And there'll be object permanence, like the bodies that you leave right. behind, or if you drop items and stuff like that, right? So... When you go into this, knowing that it's a Bethesda game and you just play it like a Bethesda game, which is still putting a lot of hours into it, checking nooks and crannies and stuff like that, but just playing it like a sane human being, right. there's very few gripes. The problem is, is that if reviewers are going in and again, maybe it does fall on Bethesda, they're going in expecting that it's a Bethesda game plus No Man's Sky 
well then you would be disappointed because it's definitely not that and even ship combat like i i've done a, a little bit of ship combat but most of the time you can just fast travel to where you need to go and do exactly what you need to do and okay. like i could see people playing this game and not spending any time with ships at all and just using the starter ship not upgrading it and you'd probably be fine because most most combat you can talk your way out of you can fly your way out of and that there is the charm of a bethesda game right is that you're not showing up to uh these situations with only one way out of it and that's why i sent the message to the pxn group chat like if you guys are wanting an interesting playthrough don't bother putting skill points in combat do stuff like speechcraft because yeah i've been able to find like surprisingly situations where i thought like this is going to end in guns blazing you're able to sort of bribe this person and talk to this person and talk to this person and then you go to the thing and all these things come together and there's it feels just like there's a lot of stuff aside from combat aside mm-hmm. from ship exploration but that was like the height of the marketing talk so right you get into this weird sort of dance how many hours do you think you're in about 30 hours oh my god all right that's and Bro, i i would you do this weekend I, if i know i've put a, i was thinking about that I've, i went camping this weekend too i was gone all weekend I, I got back and i was just i've just been a gremlin i've i've worked i've done almost a full work week of real work and starfield at this point <laughs> because um, why because why I, not you know you yeah i i've now i i say around 22 hours in it started to feel like the third act so i've taken my foot off the gas of the main quest i know everybody's saying do it because the new game plus is really interesting but my thought process is well if i just spend a lot of time with it and do all these side quests and then the new game plus hooks me in anyways that's just even better Bonus, i guess yeah, yeah. Right, because if I get if I get carried away with the new game plus and then forget to go back and do site, I don't know. So I've taken my foot off the gas. I know Gene Park is saying, and a lot of people are saying, just mainline the main story. But um, I'm having so much fun with these really detailed and really interesting side quests, and and uh, man, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. It's good. It feels yeah. it feels good. It feels like a it feels like a Red Dead launch. It feels like a GTA launch where it's like, oh, this is an event, and I'm playing it, and. I'm, looking over at the time and I'm seeing the time zip away and it's like, this doesn't happen a lot, especially as we all, I don't know about you guys, but as I get older, like it doesn't happen a lot. I kind of have to sidestep video games all the time. And so when this happens again, it just feels like, oh, they've, this is a studio that makes games that makes me want to play it. Right. I'm excited, dude. I want, I want to be part of the discussion. Of course, privately we've discussed this, but I think I might as well just say it now. Uh, we've discussed the, uh, doing kind of like a review uh, of certain video games especially in the fall i think we decided that like you know probably not late september but maybe early october we can get into uh, a starfield review discussion where we you know table kind of a news episode we just kind of just talk about the games and our experiences with the quest do we want to give it a review i don't know we'll we'll probably talk more details on that when dan gets back but still i think a review discussion of of a huge rpg like this would be a lot of fun and if it goes well maybe we do it again for like spider-man or something like that yeah a lot of fun i love that idea yeah real quick i wanted to say uh i had been neglecting youtube chat because i think i had accidentally closed the window opened it back up and i wanted to say shout out to brenty who stopped by just a few minutes ago saying uh big tings big tings tings. (laughs) ro i reckon you will not be picking up starfield soon since you're in class eh yes yes and yes (laughs) see if stars though maybe Hmm? Sea of Stars, that would be great. I, I I don't know if any games are in my future anytime soon, but if they are, see it. if they are, Sea of Stars and Starfield sound like a great time. Well, I have 200 gigs left on my SSD on my PC. 130 of those or whatever it is will be dedicated to Starfield the next coming days. All right. Yeah. Glad you're enjoying it. Wish Dan were here to give us his thoughts. He only, he only played like I would imagine like just a couple hours before we had to leave. Yeah, and you talk, you talk privately. It, didn't like, you? I, it, no, we didn't. We actually haven't discussed it at all. But oh, wow. just those first few hours, I can imagine very, very tedious. Very lots of learning, lots of seeing everything work. So it wouldn't even be an accurate representation, I think, of how the game, how he feels about the game. He is sure. if he's still a couple hours in. Yeah, you're in the grind there. This seems like a great place to end it for today enticing discussion on starfield you talking about it, i think sold me on it more i got me more excited than, than i was to like just to dive in so we'll see how it goes see how it goes I, I, i'm i'm curious i want to know how you feel about it 
I want you to play it. I want to know what Christian Macias has to say about it. Dude, I, I'm, I almost thought like maybe I'll bust out the gummies again for this game. You know, I'll go take it easy. I, I would be curious to see if, right, I'd be curious to see if you get the same feeling because I'm curious about this, this, the feeling of the main quest line. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I'll I'd turn off all the lights and I'll be like, you know what? I'm going to engage with this game's um, story because that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. I don't have the music for the outro. So we're just gonna just go. I'm just... <laughs> Thank you again to everyone joining us live on YouTube and Twitch, as well as podcast services everywhere, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else everywhere else you get your pods. Thank you, Ro. Thank you, me. Thank you, Gage. Dan, enjoy the comedy show. Until then, this has been PXN, and we are out to the stars we go. Much love. Keep on gaming. See ya. Keep on rocking in a free world, everyone. <laughs>